We have been discussing the laws of Kavod for all kinds of relatives, obviously for parents primarily, but also for older brothers, older sisters. Today we will discuss the relationship of grandparents to grandchildren, and basically the law, if there is a din of Kibbutz Saba, if there is a din of Kavod, for the grandfather. We'll begin from the other side. Are there any obligations of grandparents to grandchildren? The Gemara in Kedushim, on Daf Lamed, says, Ad heichan chayav adam Torah. To what extent do we say that, if, that a person must teach his child Torah? He gave an example of Zvulun, Shalimdo avi aviv, Mikra, Mishnah, V'talmud, Halachas, V'agados. His grandfather taught him the Tanakh, Mikra, Mishnah, Halach, and Agados. So the Gemara says, this does not mean that this is the required curriculum for parents. But when the Gemara says, Adhechan, Kibbut, Av, Gemara says, Kizvulun ben Dan, that even a grandfather is required to teach his grandson Torah. The Ramam codifies this in Hilchas Tamat Torah, Perak Aleph, Halacha Beis, and he says, "Kishem shechayav adam lamedes beno, kachu chayav lamedes ben beno, shenema vodatam levanecha vlevnevanecha." A parent is not only required to teach his child; he's certainly required to teach his grandchild. As it says, Livanecha Vilivnevanecha, to your children and to your grandchildren. But then the Rambam says even more than that. Not only to your son and your grandson do you have to teach, but there's a mitzvah on every chacham the chacham. One could question exactly what it means to be a chacham. But the Rambam says whoever is a chacham has to teach every, all the students, even if they're not his children. And he said, because it says in the Torah, Vishinantam Livanecha, and we know that Levanecha, Rashi and Chumash already said, Banecha is Talmidim. When we say your children, it means your Talmidim. Your Talmidim are called Banim. So why does the Torah say Levanecha Vanecha? So the answer is there's an, a pecking order. There is an order of first obligation, second the obligation, and a further obligation. The primary obligation the father has is to teach his own son Torah. There is a secondary obligation by itself to teach your grandson, grandson Torah. The third level is that it's a general law to teach all children. The Ramam says, for example, that in terms of level one and level three, a person is so required to teach his child Torah that if he does not teach him Torah, he would have to pay schalim or he would have to pay tuition. The third level, the level where you are really required to teach everybody, that is obvious if you can do it yourself, but you don't have to pay tuition for the entire world. But what's interesting here is the Ramam left out the second level. If For your child, you certainly have to pay tuition. For all, for all children, you have to teach them, but you certainly do not have to pay tuition. What about a grandson? Would you have to pay tuition or not? It's not clear in the Rambam. And therefore, it led to a discussion among Achronim 
The Lechem Mishnah, for example, says, You have to pay tuition for your grandson as well. But, as I said, since it's not clear in the Rambam, it led to a machlokas, what the real halacha is. Since we're talking right now, a week before Pesach, we should point out that the mitzvah of Sipo Yitzias Mitzrayim is also stated in the manner that you should teach your children and your grandchildren. The simple pshat of the Pasuk is that you should pass this story on from one generation to another. So it seems for Sipo Yitzias Mitzrayim, there would be an obligation to teach your son and also obligation to teach your grandson. Of course, this occurs today in many family starim. Baruch Hashem, the grandparents, children, and their, their, their grandchildren sit together at the Seder. So the grandfather very often is somehow uh, honored to lead the Seder as it were. And the mitzvah of Sipayt Zayim would be incumbent upon the grandfather as well as the father. It does not seem that there are other chiyuvim on the grandfather besides teaching Torah and Sipo Yitzhak Mitzrayim. When we learned the Mishnah that a father is obligated in three things to arrange for a bris milah or to do the bris milah for his son, we saw the Gemara said that if the father doesn't do it, then Bezdin has to do it. Certainly there's an obligation to the grandfather because he's part of Klal Yisrael. He's certainly part of the community. But it doesn't seem that there's a specific obligation upon him. The same thing is true, and this issue we have discussed in previous shiurim, if the mitzvah of Pidyan Aben should be upon the father, if the father doesn't do it, the Gemara suggests that a child should do it himself when he grows up, when he becomes by mitzvah. And there, there's no middle stage at all mentioned. And we we dis, we did discuss if a grandfather could do this. Perhaps he's not he is obligated. Theoretically, a person could suggest that a grandfather takes the place of the father, but we could suggest also that he's not obligated. But then there'll be a further question: Assuming he's not obligated, could he do it? Could anyone do a pidyon aben unless you're the father or the child itself? But it does not seem from the Gemara and from the post scheme there is a chiyuv on the grandfather except for the purpose of Tamil Torah and as I said, What about by Parnasa? There's a din that a parent, that a father has to support his children. Would that apply to grandchildren as well? So, again, we'd have to go back to the halacha of saying whether parents really have to support their children and what kind of halacha is that? But it does not seem that this halacha applies to grandchildren. My father always used to say, he used to quote the Gemara, B'nei banim harein kibanim. Grandchildren are like children. The truth is that Gemara is an important Gemara, but it discusses in terms of the mitzvah purya urviya. A, a man who has children fulfilled the mitzvah of, of purya urviya. If his children unfortunately die in his lifetime, but nevertheless, he has grandchildren. So we say, He fulfilled period of Arivia by leaving extant grandchildren. The phrase, as I said, was used by my father in all kinds of relationships. The grandchildren should treat him as of their father, and he was very insistent. So one time I came to him and said, Okay, here are the bills. 
they have to buy this, they need new clothes for this, they say, is it Adkan? The Bnei Banim and Kibanim is in terms of personal relationship, but it's not in terms of any halachic responsibilities in terms of money. So it does not seem that parents or grandparents are obligated to their grandchildren, except in the midst of Tamil Torah, and there you could discuss whether you'd have to pay money, or the mitzvah we said of Laman Mincha. Now the question would be, is there an obligation on grandchildren for kibbutz? So I like to tell a story that once occurred to me in a class that I was teaching in a seminary in Yerushalayim. And I asked this question, do you think that there's an obligation of kibbutz Saba? And one of the young ladies in the class said, obviously, because the Torah says, There is a din of kavod for every old person. At that point, I basically threw this student out of class. Everybody looked at me and said, well, what's wrong? So I said, because she's either foolish or she's filled with chutzpah. Why? What did she say wrong? So I explained. I was a grandfather and she automatically said that I'm an old man. I don't think today grandparents are old. Some grandparents could be old. That's true. But just because you're a grandfather doesn't mean you're old. I thought she was making fun of me. I, I, that was, Of course, the whole story was a joke. But the idea of Kavod Saba is because of a personal relationship, not because of his age. And then the question would be, is there din of kavod for a grandfather? People point out that there is a contradiction in Rashi about this point. The Gemara in Maseches Makos has a, has a case where the Gemara says you cannot become a shaliach to hit your father, to hurt your father. And then the Gemara discusses, can you be a goel hadam? That means if your father killed someone and he's not yet gone to Ir Miklat, do you have the right to kill him? So the Gemara says there are two sources. One implies that you are allowed to be a Goel Adam. One implies you're not allowed to be a Goel Adam. And the Gemara says Lokasha. Gemara in Marcus is found in Dafyud Beis Amaralef just before the Mishnah. The Gemara says Lokasha. Habivno it's referring to your son or your grandson. In other words, it means if there's a son, he would not be allowed to be a goel hadam for his father because he's chayv and kibudaf. But for his grandfather, he would be allowed to be a goel hadam. Now Rashi says fairly clearly, when you say the son cannot be a, a Goladam, it means the son of the murderer. Your father, Rahman al-Itzlan, murdered somebody. The son cannot be a Goladam. Goladam. But the text that said a son can be a Goladam is Bibnosh al-Harul Ka'amar. It means the grandfather killed his own son. The grandson is the son of the victim. And he can become a Goel Adam for his father and can kill his grandfather. And Rashi says, Shu ben ben The Goel Adam we're talking about is a grandson of the murderer. 
And then comes the crucial four words. Ve'eno musar al-kavodo. He is not obligated on kavod. From this Rashi, a person would say clearly, there is no din of kibbut av for a grandfather. However, many people have pointed out that this contradicts a Rashi in Chumash. On the Pasuk, Vayizbach zvachim lalokei aviv Yitzchak, when Yaakov went down to Mitzrayim, it said on the way, Yaakov stopped and was prepared a sacrifice to the God of his father Yitzchak. Now, this is the God of his father Yitzchak and also the God of his grandfather Abraham. Why did the Torah emphasize Elokei Aviv Yitzchak and not Elokei Avi Avraham? So Rashi says, because Adam Muzara Kvod Aviv Yoter Mikvod Sabo. A child is obligated and covered for his father more than his grandfather. Now once you say more than his grandfather, it implies that there is covered for a grandfather, but Kibbut Av is greater than Kibbut Saba. This, of course, would contradict the Rashi in Meseches Makos. Rashi there said clearly, there is no kavod for a grandfather. We'll get back to this question later and try to suggest an answer. There is another Gemara. It's one of the saddest Gemaras that I've ever seen in my life that discusses this issue in passing. The Gemara at the end of Masecha Sota, when that Memtesa tells a story about a certain Rav Achabar Yaakov. The Gemara says, Itpel be He took care of Rav Yaakov, the son of his daughter. In other words, apparently he raised his grandson. His grandson. The assumption is, at least the way I would assume, is that for some reason there was no mother to take care of him. So he took care of him. The Gemara says, Ki Godal Maya. The this grandfather of Achabai Yaakov, one day when the child was a little bit older, said to him, Could you bring me a glass of water? He said, I'm not your son. The Gemara says, Rabbi, Rabbi, Barbartachana. And that's how people say, you can raise me, nurture me, but I'm not your son. And therefore, I do not have to serve you as a son. Now, I said this Gemara is very sad because whether there's a technical halacha of Kavot Sabah, is the issue at hand. But in this particular case, where the grandchild was raised by the grandfather, how could a child, how could anybody get up and say, I'm not mechoyev to be to give you cover? It sounds like one of the most chutzpahdik comments I could possibly make. Now, if you'll remember, we quoted one time the Yerushalmi in Maseches Paya, that the Yerushalmi said that the mitzvah of Kibbutz is based on Piron Chov. The concept of Hakara Satov, of gratitude, is so strong in the human psyche. The Halacha of Kibbutz, according to Rishalmi, is really based on the payment of this debt. 
How could it be that in this particular case, forget about the technical side of the halacha, how could it really be that somebody would say, no, I'm not mechayiv and kibbutz, I'm not bringing it to you. It, it really sounds to me uh, like a terrible story. Nevertheless, the bottom line of the Gemara seems to say fairly clearly that there's no din of kibbutz av at all, kibbutz saba at all, which would, of course, be in accordance with the Rashi in Maseches Makos. The Maharik indeed paskind there is no such halacha of Kibbutz Abba. The Maharik is in his Chuvis in Shorish Lamit says there is no din even for a grandson to say Kaddish for his grandfather because the din of Kaddish is based in Kavod and there is no obligation to honor your grandfather at all. We haven't found any obligation except the Gemara Ksubis that we quoted last week. The Gemara Ksubis discusses Kibbutz Aim, and then it says Esavicha Ve'esimecha, so we learn from the ex- extra S and the extra Vav. We learn your stepfather, your stepmother, your older brother, we discussed your older sister, but we discussed even after death of your father, do you have to honor the stepmother, etc. But we never found any Gemara that says, or any Pasuk that says you're obligated to honor your grandparents. The Gemara that says B'nei Banamariam Kibanim is referring, as I said before, to Piria Verivia. If you left grandchildren, you fulfill the mitzvah of Purvu. But there's no such halacha at all as Kibud of Kibud Saba. Now, one might argue with the Marik, as many other people have done. The Shulchan Aruch, in fact, the Ramah, Paskins, and Simon Reishmem against the Marik that you do have to honor your grandfather, but the Ramah says you don't have to honor him as much as you would have to, uh, to honor your grandfather. Now what do they do with the Stirin Rashi? And how would they learn the Gemara? So here we could ask a classic type of Chakira. It's similar to what we asked last week when we discussed the mitzvah of honoring your stepfather and your stepmother, or your older brother. Let's assume that there is an obligation to honor your, your grandfather. Is it because he's the father of your father? Since you're mechuyiv and kavod for your father, and your father is mechuyiv and kavod for his father, therefore part of kibbutz would be to say, I'm mechuyiv and kavod for my grandfather. Or would you say, no, it's an independent halacha. The same way there's a concept of the father, there is a concept called the grandfather. And the halacha is a direct chiyuv kavod, from the son to the grandfather. Of course, one might suggest the nafgamina would be, what would be the difference between these two points? Would you have to honor your grandfather if your father is no longer alive? If you say there is a direct chiyuv to your grandfather, then this chiyuv has nothing to do with your father. So even if your father has passed away, you would still have to have kavod for your grandfather. If you would say, that it's a din in kibbutz, you have to honor your father, and because you have to honor your father, you have to honor your grandfather, then, after your father has passed away, you do not have to honor your grandfather at all. If we would assume one side of this question, we could resolve the stira found in the Rashi. 
Vayizbach zvachin lalokei aviv Yitzchak, Rashi said a child is chayif in kavod av, more than kibbutz Saba. But there is a din of kibbutz Saba. The Gemara in Maseches Makos is referring to the case where the grandfather killed the father of his grandson. In that case, the grandson has no father. In that case, Rashi would say that there is no din at all of kibbutz Saba. Kibbutz Saba only applies when the father is alive. One could suggest, as I said, as sad as it could be, but nevertheless, we would explain the Gemara in Sota the same way. Rav Acha Bar Yaakov Itbel Bebe Rav Yaakov Barbrit Bartek. Rav Acha Bar Yaakov took care of his grandson. He raised him. The assumption in my mind is that he raised the grandson because there was no mother. She had passed away. So, in such a case, you could say there is no din of Kavot Saba. But if the father would still be alive, there may be such a din. This Chakira is not uh, going to be conclusively proven by any of these Gemaras, because we could say another answer. Perhaps we could say that the din of Kavod Saba is different than Kavod Abba. We've already discussed the issue, is there a din of Kavod, Saba, of Kavod Abba if the father is a Russia? In terms of, we know that, uh, in a, uh, for example, Kavod of a Nasi, you're not allowed to curse a nasi. But the Gemara says, and then the same question would be in, in, in case of a father. If, if you remember, we quoted the Gemara about returning money that your father had, that he had lent with ribis. Is he a Russia, not a Russia? We discussed this question. The same question might apply, but perhaps on a stronger level, with a grandfather. Would you have to honor a grandfather who's a Russia? Remember that even according to the opinion stated by Rashi in Vayigash, Kibbut Av is greater than Kibbut Saba, even if there is a din of Kibbut Saba. So therefore, one might seriously argue that Kibbut Saba, after, if the Saba is a Russia, would no longer be valid, no longer be obligatory. And of course, the Gemara in Makos is referring to the case where the grandfather killed his grandson, in which case we would call him a Russia. And then in that case, you would say there's no din of Kavod Saba. So we have suggested two answers to that Gemara in Makos. Rashi said the Gemara in Makos implies that there's no din of Kavod for a Saba, but we said we could mitigate that case and say, A, it's referring to the case where the father died, or another explanation would be that it's referring to a case where the grandfather's a Rasha, he killed someone. Of course, the second answer would not answer the Gemara in Sota. The Gemara in Sota is talking about Ravacha by Yaakov, who seems to be one of the Chachmei HaTalmud. So therefore, we're not going to assume Chas Shalom that anything, he's a Russia. So, but we do have the Territz that the mother has passed away. And therefore, there's no din of Kavot Saba. But we could even suggest another answer. And the question would be, Assuming there is a din of kibud saba, would that apply equally to kavod for your grand maternal grandfather and your maternal and your maternal grandfather? On one hand, I would say that there should be no difference. Why should it be true? 
But the Stechemed says that even the Ramah that I quoted before in Simon Reish Mem, the Ramah says there is a halacha of Kibbut Saba, not the same as Kibbut but there is a halacha of Kibbut Saba. Even the Ramah would be based, would assume that there's no din of kavod for a, a maternal grandfather. Of course, we'll discuss this in a minute, but we'll just get back to that Gemara and Sota. The Gemara and Sota is talking case where Rav Achabai Yaakov, Itbelbi Yaakov Barbarte, Rav Achabai Yaakov took care of his maternal grandson, his daughter's grandson. If that would be true, if it's a maternal, um, then according to the Sechemet, there is no din of kavod. It does not prove there's no din of a kavod saba for a paternal grandson. But what would be the distinction, really, between a grandfather, a maternal grandfather, and a paternal grandfather? So the Ramos says, because let's remember that the mother who's married is not really obliged in Kibbutz. We've discussed already, the Pasuk Ishi Mavavivtirau told us that there is an obligation on men which does not apply to women. On one hand, tiro is plural, applies to both men and women. On the other, it says ish, and we learn a man and not a woman. And the Gemara says, ish li pek biadola. So the man can always fulfill the mitzvah of kavod. We, we explain that this, although the Pasuk is talking about mora, we'll have to interpret it, that it refers to kavod. And whereas a married woman is not chayiv in kavod. So the Stechemet says, since a married woman is not chayiv in kavod, it would be strange to think that her grandson, her son, would be chayv in kibbutz Saba when the mother is not chayv. Of course, this assumes two assumptions that I really find very remarkable. One, that the kavod for your grandfather would have to go ke'ilu through the mother. One side of the chakira that we said before that the kavod to your grandfather is because he's the father of your father, but if he's the father of your mother, since your mother is not obligated, you're not obligated. If you would say there's a direct kavod to grandfather, then I don't know if that chiluk would be true. But we have said this as a chakira, and I do think that part, somehow I could understand. The second part I really fail to understand. Is a married woman indeed part of from kibbutz? We've learned that a, a, a mother is chayv in kibbutz. The only exception would be in a case where her familiar, her family responsibilities interfere with the responsibilities she would have to her parents. Then her family resp- responsibilities take precedence. But it's not that she's not chayv in kibbutz. Now the nechad, the grandson, why should he be enjoined from the kibbutz? His mother is chayv in kibbutz. He's she's only pater from kibbutz when she has a problem. Otherwise, she's chayef. So to me, this maharik sounds very strange. Why should there be a distinction that a, a child should be chayef for his paternal grandfather and not for his paternal, his maternal grandfather? And in the Sefer that I've been quoting a number of times, Yalkut Yosef, on Kibbut there are, he quotes a number of achronim that say there's no difference between maternal grandfathers and paternal grandfathers. One more question that would be an interesting question is we know that if your father asks for something and your mother asks for something, you're supposed to give your father first. Because your mother is also responsible to your 
father. That's what the Gemara says in Kedushim. What would happen in a case where your father asked for something and your grandfather asked for something at the same time? Let's assume that there is a din of Kibbutz Abba. There is such a din. So, would the obligation be fulfilled first to the father or to the grandfather? Now, obviously, you could argue the grandfather should come first because since the father is also obligated in Kibbutz, in kibbutz Abba, it would be parallel to that Gemara and Kedushin. I have to give my father first because my mother is also somehow responsible to my father. So you would say, here, I have to give to my grandfather first because my father is also responsible. But Achronim have pointed out the case of father and mother is different because kavod of father and mother are identical. When there is a clash between them, kibbutz av comes first. But otherwise, they are identical. Kavod Abba and Kavod Saba, even if there is such a halacha, like Rashi implies in Vayigash, the Kibbut Saba is still not as important as Kibbut Av. Kibbut Av is primary. So in that case, maybe Kibbut Av would come first, even if you would assume it goes through the father, but the father nevertheless would take presence over the grandfather. This A similar svara was raised by the Minchas Chinuch in Mitzvah Lam and Gimel. I just like to conclude by saying this Chakira, if kavod for a grandfather is direct or indirect through the father, is the same Chakira that we mentioned last week about kibbutz for an older brother or for a stepfather. And there are a number of other cases where we could ask this question. For example, there's a din of kavod haraf. There's another din of kavod eishas haraf. The Gemara says eishas chaver. The wife of a Tamit Chacham is like a Tamit Chacham. In other words, you have to pay respect, you have to give kavod to your Rav's wife. And again, we could ask the same question. Is it because she's married to your Rav and part of kavod harav is to honor his wife? Or do you say because she's an Eishas Harav, that gives her an independent standing that she is Eishas Harav? And of course, the practical difference would be if Rahman al-Islam, the father, the Rav is no longer alive, then would you have to respect Aisha's Chavir? If you say that she is an Aisha's Chavir because she became a new person, she became an Aisha's Chavir, then the covenant would remain forever. I remember when I was first a student at Yeshiva University, one time an elderly woman, woman entered the base Medrash. And I didn't know she was and although there really is a halacha that you should stand up for any older person above a certain age, I somehow this halacha is not that well observed, at least in my observations I have not seen it well observed. In this particular case, the students in yeshiva saw an old lady walk in the base medrash and it didn't uh, affect them at all. But I saw that the Ramim, the Rabbanim, the Rashi Yeshiva of Yeshiva University stood up. And I didn't understand why. I inquired and they told me that this lady was the mother of Rav Salavechik. In other words, the the widow of Rav Moshe Salavechik who had died at least 20 years before that. And nevertheless, I saw how the Rabbanim stood up for Eishas Chaver even after the patira of her husband. This halacha of Eishas Chaver is 
also a chakira, as we said before. I just like to emphasize the answer need not be the same in all cases. In some cases, the kavod could be direct. In some cases, they could be indirect. They might differ from case to case. In kibud saba, we discussed the two possibilities. In kibud, in other kibudim, we could also raise the issue.